You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You're listening to episode 134 of the Well Woman podcast. Today on the show, we are talking all about mineral testing, the pill, and the 21st century contraception. When I was trying to come up with the name for this, I was really struggling because in this episode, we talk about so many different things and I just couldn't put my finger on one of them. So we've got a list of three, mineral testing, the contraceptive pill, and the 21st century contraception. In this episode, I'm joined by Amanda Montalvo. She's a women's health dietitian that helps women get to the root cause of hormone imbalances and have a healthy menstrual cycle. She started off her education in nutrition with the traditional route, but after dealing with her own health challenges around her cycle and getting off the pill herself, she quickly realized the value of functional medicine. After healing herself from acne, balancing her hormones, and learning the value of her menstrual cycle, Amanda found her purpose, and I'm so glad that she did, and that is to help women create a body in balance and not settle for anything less. So she really was the most important person to have on the show to talk about things like the pill, mineral testing, and of course, contraception today in the 21st century. In this episode, we dive into minerals. We talk a lot about minerals. I would like to say Amanda is like the mineral guru. She's all about hair mineral testing, and we kind of dive into what that is and how that is different from blood testing especially when you're looking to learn about your nutritional levels and, um, and hormonal levels in your body. We talk about what hair mineral testing can teach you and what you can get out of results from hair mineral testing. Then we jump into the conversation about the contraceptive pill, how it depletes the body and why we need additional nutritional support if we are on the contraceptive pill. Then we dive into magnesium, the core mineral that we all love. And we talk about why the body actually needs magnesium along with deficiencies that can occur if you are on the contraceptive pill. And one of those is copper. So we open up about how copper can literally become something in your body that can impact your health long-term, especially if you then transition to the copper IUD. We talk about focusing on the signs and the symptoms of your cycle challenges first before anything else. And why supporting yourself on the pill, not just during the process of coming off the pill, is really important. So if you want to learn all about minerals, the pill, and 21st century contraception, this is the episode for you. Today's episode is brought to you by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. Are you new to getting to know your own menstrual cycle? Would you like to understand it in a better way and know how to live as a cyclical woman? Well, this is the simplified self-paced course for you. It teaches you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with the action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle science before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 500 women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being a listener of the show, use the code CYCLELOVE to save 20% off.
Amanda, welcome to the Well Woman podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to dig in. Mm, me too. We were just having a chat before we hit record about all things happening in the world at the moment and um, some of the things that you love to talk about. So before we jump in, share with us what day of your cycle are you on and how are you checking in today? I am on cycle day 13, so I feel like I'm in a great time to be recording a podcast. Um, I definitely am in that like higher energy type of phase. And it's funny, like this last week, I've just had the craziest amount of ideas and inspiration lately, just like things I want to talk about, things I want to teach about, um, life stuff. I'm like buying a mountain bike, lots of very interesting, fun things. So that's, I'm in like a high energy, good, um, implementation type of phase right now. Oh, I love that. Now I feel those vibes too, being on day 15 myself and I'm ovulating today. So I'm like, Oh, this is how I feel. So I love those vibes. Thank you for sharing. Um, mountain biking. That sounds fun. Yeah, there's some um, good trails near here. Mm, and it's definitely, I feel like mountain biking is such an American sport, like an American summer sport. And uh, I don't, it, you know, people do it here in Australia, but it's, I feel like everybody kind of gets into mountain biking at some stage in their life in the States. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, you definitely grow up with it. I feel like I grew up with it and we didn't do anything crazy. It was just kind of like normal bike riding, but there's a lot of trails around here. I just moved to North Carolina and I'm trying to like do something outside. Like there's not, you know, the beach is a couple hours away. There's not really lakes close by. So I was trying to find something outside that was not going to like stress my body out. Like I don't want to run nothing like that. I'm definitely not a runner, but I wanted something that wasn't just walking. So I was like, I'm going to get a mountain bike. And I have a few clients that are really into it. So they're like Mm. helping me pick out a bike and everything. So it's been fun. Nice. It's something I've traveled to Utah a few times and I love the mountain biking trails in Utah, especially up in Park City. So, oh my God, I'm a little bit jealous that you're getting into that. But everyone's kind of learning a little bit about your personal life now, which is awesome. So tell us who is, who's Amanda? Like who is Amanda Montalvo and what is it that you do and how did you get into, you know, being this amazing all-rounder when it comes to nutrition and women's health? I think it all, I mean, so I'm a women's health dietitian. If anyone doesn't know, I'm hormone healing RD on Instagram. And I got into this topic, honestly, when I was in college, like I was originally studying dietetics and nutrition because I was very into athletics and sports. I was a college athlete on the rowing team. I competed in CrossFit and I knew that food was so, so important for that performance. And then I was starting to get really into things like paleo, you know, whole foods. I was changing all these things over in my life to be like less toxic products, really just kind of getting into that wellness world. I feel like this was like 11 years ago. That's crazy to think about. Mm. And it's so wild. Um, and so then I started thinking like, you know, I take this prescription medication every single day I was on the pill and I'm like, I don't really want to take this. So I had a conversation with he was my boyfriend at the time, but now he's my husband about, Hey, I'm going to get off the pill. And then we'll, we got to figure out this whole contraceptive piece. And he's like, cool, do it. I came off the pill. Everything changed. (laughs) I was not expecting to have any issues, but I actually didn't get a period for almost a year. And I had, I always had really bad acne, but it got insanely bad. Like I couldn't even cover it up with makeup and I felt terrible. And I'm like, I'm a healthy person. You have beautiful skin right now. 
Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it took a, it took a took a long time to uh, get there. Um, but it's it was like one of those things where I'm like, I'm a healthy person. This is insane. I have no health history of any significance other than like asthma, which shouldn't impact much. And yeah, I was pretty shocked. And that's I no one can help me. My doctors, you know, go back on the pill. That's your only option, pretty much. Um, my thyroid was testing pretty like sluggish. So they tried to give me thyroid medication. And I'm like, is this even gonna make me feel better at this point? So I started doing my own research. I was like, this is not a good enough answer. I'm 20 years old and I like I literally can't even believe I'm dealing with all these symptoms. Um, and that they changed the whole trajectory of my career. Wow. I love that. I love hearing everyone's different experiences with contraception, particularly hormonal contraception and that journey coming off. Um, myself, I didn't have a, a bleed for nine months after coming off the contraceptive pill after 12 years. So I can definitely resonate with that. However, you mentioned that you, this was going on for you at the age of 20. Now for me, this is going on for me at the age of like, I think like 28. So I'm I'm a little bit jealous that you were ahead of the ball game there (laughs) in age because I I think back to like, oh, if I only had have known this when I was 20 or 18 or 19. So how has that changed what it is that you do today? Like how do you support women? Give me a little insight on that currently. Yeah. So I kind of went through my whole like own journey with learning about functional nutrition and trying all this different functional medicine stuff. I did lots of lab testing. I went back to school so that I could purchase and interpret lab testing for clients. Uh, and it was good. It was definitely very helpful. And it's what I think I needed at the time, but I was still having issues. I was still dealing with estrogen dominance. I also had the copper IUD for seven years after I came off the pill. Cause I needed some form of contraception and I did not feel like I could, per- I could practice the fertility awareness method at the time, mainly because of my training schedule for rowing and cross fit. I was like, I don't trust myself to do this right now, which kind of makes me sad when I think back about it. Um, but it's okay. I, I think it was the right decision at the time and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I finally discovered minerals and hair mineral testing. And that's what really, for me, it was like the last piece of my puzzle. And that's what I focus on with the women that I work with. They, we go through hair mineral testing. They learn how to read their tests, how to interpret it, build a protocol. Um, and, and I just find, I mean, I'm sure, you know, like minerals are so important and they're so foundational and now women's health is being talked about so much more, which is so great. I'm so happy. There's so many people talking about this online and like spreading that knowledge, but I feel like we, a lot of times we just want to skip over the foundations Mm. and, I am sure you see that theme all the time, right? Like nutrition, eating enough, getting enough sleep. What are you going outside? Do you get any, what's your light exposure look like stress, all those things. And I think that yes, nutrition and eating enough is important, but what are your micronutrients like, right? Why, why is it that your metabolism is still sluggish and your digestion's not good? So I found for myself and for a lot of the women that I work with, when we really start to focus more on those foundations and those micronutrients like minerals, that's what helps them move the needle and see progress. Oh, I love that. I'm sure people are like, what is hair mineral testing? And there's minerals in hair. How does that work? (laughs) Now, I think that it's important to recognize there are so many different types of or different ways you can learn about nutritional levels in your body, right? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So tell us, what is hair mineral testing and how, what is the benefit of using that to support knowledge around your menstrual cycle? So I think that the hair test is so helpful because unlike a blood test, it's showing what's going on inside your cells. And so it's not just looking at is something high or low, right? That's what we, we tend to think of a lab value and we want to know what's good, right? What's optimal? Where should I be? And with hair testing, it's, it's really showing your unique response to stress. So like what stage of stress are you in? How depleted are some of your minerals? How high are some of your minerals? What you'll often see on a hair test is really high levels, which shows you're using a lot of those minerals up. So all these things can give you insight into how's your thyroid functioning? Are your, do your adrenals have the tools they need to even respond to stress appropriately? And I just find the stress piece is huge for a lot of women, especially with understanding like what is realistic for them expectation wise on their healing journey. Mm-hmm. I could not agree more. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where yes, blood work is still very important and valuable, but if you're not like so many women get blood work done and they're like, yep, looks normal, like good to go. And you're kind of like, but I don't feel good. So what am I supposed to do now? That's where I find the hair testing. It's also extremely affordable. Like a lot of lab tests are super expensive. I also use Dutch hormone testing, GI map testing. Those lab tests are like $400 a test. I just, it, which is not always doable. And then you can't redo it in the future. Hair tests, very inexpensive. You see your stress response and it shows you the last three months of time, which I think is a benefit. I've got a lot of dietitians that are like, that's useless. You don't know what's going on in their body right now. And I'm like, I would kill to see the last like few months for a client, in my opinion, because then you get to really see what has been going on for them. And with your cycle, the last three months impacts your current cycle. So I just feel like it's such a good matchup to everything that we do with menstrual health. Oh my goodness, Amanda, I'm totally on that train with you. Like, why would you, how we are today is because of how we were over the last three months. In the last 10 years, you know, (laughs) totally, especially for like, you know, the cell, like what we have, like a hundred trillion cells in our body and they're constantly dying and we're growing is what I'm always harping on about. And, you know, they die and we grow at different rates and different speeds. And knowing that like minerals, especially for things like bones, you know, that's definitely a 10, a five to 10 year thing. You know, that's not just like, oh. I went out to a wedding last weekend and I had the best time. I drank all this alcohol and I had all these desserts or whatever. That's not going to impact you a hundred percent right now. It's like the ricochet effect, the degenerative process, right? I'm okay. This is amazing. I'm really excited about this. All right. So we know about the difference between hair mineral testing and blood testing. What is hair mineral testing? Like, how does that work? Can you guide us through the process? Because like, do I have to get a haircut to do this? Or do I just pull a strand out? Do I pick a strand off the floor? (laughs) How does it work? So the hair test, you're cutting the sample as close to your scalp as you can, right? Because we want the most recent timeframe. So it's, it's about a heaping teaspoon of hair that you're cutting. You it's, it's basically like a hundred ish milligrams. They give you a little scale, like a paper scale with it. Um, but I'm always like, still check that it fits into like about a heaping teaspoon because otherwise you're not going to send enough hair. Um, but yeah, it's just a small hair sample. It doesn't, you don't, 
you would cut off, like say your hair is obviously very long. You would cut a tiny piece and then cut the rest off so that you have like an inch and a half of hair that you're putting inside the sample card, but it's really, it's easy. And it's funny because I get some people that do not want to cut their hair and it's like a whole thing, but I have a lot of people that are like, Oh, I don't have to go get blood drawn. You know, this is great. So it's like plus or minus. I am. Yeah. It's uh, what's the saying? Like, um, like it's a 50, 50 really. Yeah. You know, six, one, half a dozen of the other, whatever the saying is that, um, for me, thank you. My hair is long, even though I recently had like six inches cut off it, (laughs) which is like insane. My hair grows like a weed. Um, and I put that down to like the, the, the good quality multivitamin that I take, but literally hair and nails are like a weed. Okay. So that's a really easy way we can go around hair testing. Now, what are some of the things that hair testing can teach us? Like, can you give us a specific overview? And then I'm going to ask you, where can we find a hair test? Because as an Aussie, I've never been able to like, you know, just find, I've never heard of this really. I've, I've heard of it sometimes for really in-depth testing, mm-hmm. but this sounds like something you could kind of do. Like I go every six months to get my blood work done. Why wouldn't yeah. I go and get my hair tested every six months, which would show the last three month cycle, which is a really cool thing to do. So how, what can, what can a, a blood, a blood testing, gosh, Gemma, what can hair testing teach us? So I, I think, I mean, there's so much, this is why I have like a whole course on it, but they're the main parts of the hair test that you're really kind of pulling from is your, your macro minerals. So you get to see like your calcium, magnesium, sodium, and potassium. You want to look at the balance of these because that's going to tell you like what stage of stress are you in, right? Are your adrenals currently turned on? Are you more in that fight or flight mode? Are you actually more stuck in that parasympathetic state, which sounds nice because it's our rest and digest, but we don't want to be stuck in any one state. We want our nervous system to be able to respond appropriately and go in and out of the fight or flight in the rest and digest. So that's really what you're getting from those first four minerals. Plus, I mean, potassium and sodium are so important for basically everything. They fuel your adrenals. They help make your cells more sensitive to things like glucose and carbohydrates. Um, they're really important. Sodium is really important for stomach acid production. So there's so many different areas that I feel like it's like digestion, thyroid health, adrenal health. Um, but then also like one of the biggest things I'm looking at for people is like, how is their copper and iron balance? And this kind of comes up with the pill, which I know we want to talk about. And if you, do you have a lot of excess iron accumulated in the hair? You know, that's like a really big sign that there's some iron imbalances, which can mess with your estrogen levels, create more inflammation. I tend to see them in high levels in clients with endometriosis and PCOS. So there's definitely some stuff in there for your hormones, but we're kind of looking at how are the different systems of your body functioning? And is there anything that's preventing you from having balanced hormones. Um, but also just like, what's how stressed out is your body? I think so many of us don't always know. Um, Mm. you might think like, I'm really not that stressed. And then we look at your hair tests and your minerals are all really low. And you're like a fast four, which is like the most depleted state, you know? And that's a good, I just feel like that's a good eye opener for people. And just knowing that like, everything that you've done in your life is how you got here, right? We can be eating well for like a year even, and still we can not kind of be exactly where we want to be because one year doesn't erase the last 
20 to 30 years, you know, so it's important to keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, there's so many things you can learn from a hair test. The body never lies is what's coming to mind to me is that, you know, no matter where you're at and how good you think you are in your mind, the body's going to really tell you. And so I'm always teaching that it's so important to just listen to the messages that your body's giving you. And that's why I don't call PMS PMS. I call it cycle signs. Like what is the sign? You know, like oh, when I you're like, like when you're driving down the road and you're like, I'm about to, um, as we're recording this, I'm soon going on a road trip in my van with my partner and we're going to places I've never been before. And yes, we have iMaps and Google maps and, you know, GPS, but if you didn't have that and you were just driving, you would rely purely on the road signs to guide you where you are and where to go. And the signs that come to our body are the signs that are guiding us what's going on in the body. And a personal example is only like it was about a week and a half ago, um, I actually broke out with a couple of spots of hives under my eye and I instantly know, okay, I'm in fatigue. My body is fatigued. I need to rest. I need to reduce histamine style foods in my diet which are all healthy but like things like bananas and spinach and avocado and the stuff that I eat a lot of is that um your body's not like doing it to like piss you off it's doing it to communicate to you so I love that you mentioned that because your hair is always going to you know be such a great example of your health it's your beauty bits and that's also like the symptoms piece I'm always saying like people want to know what do I do for this symptom I'm like, there's not, that's not how it works. You know, (laughs) like we, I, we could have the same mineral imbalance and completely different symptoms. So they really are just a piece of communication from your body. Mm, So powerful. Now you mentioned about the birth control pill, like so hormonal birth control, um, hormonal contraceptive pill. There's so many different names for the same freaking thing. Um, (laughs) Now, personally, having been on it myself and worked with many clients who have, you know, transitioned off the pill to the natural contraceptive method, I'm aware that the pill can largely deplete the body of lots of different types of nutrients, particularly minerals. Can you guide us through how the contraceptive pill can impact the body on a nutritional level? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It definitely depletes a lot of minerals. That's why I got off the pill when I was 20, because I was like, I was learning about medication and supplement interactions in school. And one of the things we have to educate patients on is depletions and like what supplement to take to fix that depletion. And I was learning about all the pill depletions and I'm like, interesting. No one has ever told me this. And (laughs) now I've been on this for seven years. Um, magnesium is a really big one, which most people already have magnesium issues anyway, because it's a first mineral burn during the stress response, but that's a big one. Also vitamins, vitamin C, E, and vitamin A, which those all impact our mineral levels. Vitamins and minerals are very synergistic in the body, which is why I'm so careful about what supplements you're taking, being mindful of how much of a certain vitamin or mineral you're taking, because it could impact the levels of another. Mm. Um, And of course, copper and iron, those are the huge imbalances that I tend to see that leave people the most symptomatic whether they're on the pill or they're coming off the pill and the big one copper, we tend to accumulate it. It's a, the hair tests that I see for women that are on the pill or just come off the copper is all it's like almost always sky high. It's so high. They have so much accumulated copper and one, if you, but if you think about it, like one of the big side effects is of, um, the pill is often yeast infections. 
don't know if you've ever experienced that. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeast, baby, all those kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, and a lot of that has to do with copper and iron balance in the body. Copper's antifungal. If we don't have the right nutrients to use copper, then of course your immune system is not going to function properly. And if you have excess iron, a lot of pills contain iron. So those little red pills that you see in the pill packets, those that those have, they can have up to 75 milligrams of iron in one pill, um, which just gives me like heart palpitations thinking about it, but that is going to lead to more bacterial and yeast overgrowth. So those are just some of the big ways that can impact things. And that bacterial and yeast overgrowth growth is a sign that there's something going on right now. Yeah. I love, like I was typing a note when you mentioned about magnesium is like the first mineral that gets kind of like burnt out. I kind of wanted to stop stop you there to be like, hang on a second, let's just repeat that so it really (laughs) sinks in for everybody. Magnesium is one of the first minerals that's burnt out, right? Now, Mm -hmm. can you give us some functions in the body that magnesium is essential for? Like why, maybe the top five reasons why the body needs magnesium. I would say a big one I think of, just like women in stress, I think of just being able to respond to stress appropriately. And magnesium is really important for allowing your adrenal glands to do that. Uh, Another big one is blood sugar balance. It's so important for keeping your insulin levels and glucose levels in a good place. So if you're someone that you might be struggling with insulin resistance, magnesium is an important one to look at. Um, And then I think another really big one, of course, is heart health you know, we do need magnesium. It helps to relax those muscles. And so if we, one, you can get muscle cramps and stuff, but then also a lot of people that have blood pressure issues, they can be almost completely resolved by taking magnesium, which is just amazing. Um, and then it does impact other minerals. You know, it's really important to have proper magnesium balance for proper sodium and potassium balance. Um, And even when I think of, you know, women, it's, it's really helpful for pain. So if you struggle with menstrual headaches or migraines or ovulation headaches or migraines, or even just like excessive period pain, stuff like that, there's a lot of research around even just taking 400 milligrams of magnesium during your luteal phase can improve that. Wow. I see magnesium and things like period pain, headaches, migraines, even bloating. I see that as a sign that like the body doesn't have enough magnesium in it. And that's why that's kind of happening or one of the contributing factors, because there's many factors, but if your body has the right minerals, it will be in balance and support. Right. So I love that you mentioned that it just goes to show how important magnesium is. I'm like, Oh, maybe I should up, up my magnesium intake because I take a lot of magnesium already, but you can never take too much of something that's essential to the body. Um, thank you for sharing. So important. It kind of just highlights how important magnesium is for stress. And if anybody's mm-hmm. stressed, right. And I think, and I teach on stress cycles in cyclical, the menstrual cycle coaching certification course that I run. And it's interesting, like when you're training future coaches to teach on the menstrual cycle, and then you guide them through understanding what stress cycles are. It's so eye-opening how many women don't really recognize how much can impact your menstrual cycle. Like we think that it's just normal life, but there are so many factors and facets that come into it. Um, I loved, Amanda, how you mentioned about often those who are on the contraceptive pill can have high levels of copper. Now, something that I see is, a lot of women and similar maybe to your own journey, not the same, but similar in the mindset of like, oh, well, I've just come off the pill, but I 
don't want to like deal with natural contraception methods right now because I've got a lot going on in my life and I just don't think I'd understand it. And I'm not really willing to invest to pay a natural fertility teacher to teach me this. So they go on the copper IUD thinking that's the next best option. What is that transition like with copper? Because if your copper levels are already super high on the contraceptive pill and then you're transitioning to the copper IUD, isn't that more copper exposure? That's how my mind's thinking. Like what is, I can see you smiling, guide me through this. So, yeah. So it, but remember the hair test is looking inside the cell. So women can have really high copper in the hair and not have high levels in the blood. Mm. They can act, it can actually look low in the blood. Um, but the copper IUD, how that impacts copper levels is initially what the research, the very little research we have on this shows us is that it increases our blood levels when you first get it in. And then after a couple of weeks, it corrects itself. And so then we're told, so is good. You're safe. Right. But where does the copper go? It gets stored typically in our fat cells, honestly. Um, but you can see it in connective tissue as well, which is what the hair is. So oftentimes I will see high hair test levels of copper from the copper IUD, but sometimes I don't, and it's just really high blood levels. Um, but yeah, you're typically storing it. So sometimes you don't even see all that stuff right away. Like for me, I had high, but not crazy high copper. I was expecting like insanely high copper because I I was on the pill and then I had the copper ID for seven years. So I was really anticipating that it took like a year for me to even get rid of a lot of that copper that was stored up in my body. So it, it's not necessary that you're going to notice impacts right away. And I think this is why some women, they respond very strongly to the copper IUD. Like I've had a few women that I've known in my life and clients that they get it in and they, they're like, I cannot handle this. They're manic right? They have all those symptoms of excess copper Mm. depression. They're like, I do not feel like myself. Like immediately it took me six years to feel that way. So I couldn't even figure out that it was coming from that for a really long time. So I think, and this just goes back to what is your stress? Like, what is the resiliency of your body? Um, cause everyone's going to kind of have that unique response to it. Mm, I love that. It's so important. So yeah, look at what is your stress like? And not even just the mental stress in your life. It's about what does your body respond to in stress? You know, like a pandemic, your body can respond to in stress, even if your mind's like, no, I'm totally fine with it. Like, it's not a really big deal where I'm living. (laughs) You're in a global pandemic. It's pretty stressful. Um, So I love that you mentioned that. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com forward slash academy. 
I know that recently on your Instagram, you actually popped up a little bit about hormones and how hormones work. And I think the post was about like hormones are the last stop. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes to show, I'd love for you to share on this about how it kind of demonstrated, I found your post demonstrated so well how everything in the body is connected when it comes to the menstrual cycle and the importance of cyclical hormones. But a lot of us don't really recognize that. And I think that the pill kind of stops that train, kind of like the train tracks just break mm-hmm. and the train is like, it goes off into like the big high, the image I have is the big high bridge where the train's just coming off the rails and it's falling <laughs> to the depths of the little creek that's running below it. Um, how does being on the contraceptive pill or then coming off the contraceptive pill change this train line of events of you know metabolism liver function and adrenals and then estrogen and progesterone balance yeah so i think kind of like the original idea is that we always say like the hormones are the last stop on the train because people always want to test their hormones first they want to know what's going on is it helpful it can be but i think the reason why we focus on minerals and symptoms and what's kind of going on in your body and your foundations is because all those things are going to trickle down and impact your hormone levels. Like you said, like digestion, liver health, how's your thyroid functioning? Are you getting enough light? Um, are you getting enough nutrient dense foods and all those things are going to impact that, but it takes time, you know, like the last 100 days impacts your current cycle. So I think people tend to forget Wait, that. Hang on. And what then- did you say? The, the last, last what? 100 days that's going to impact your current cycle. Mm-hmm. So if we think of it that way, then I, I feel like you will drive yourself a lot less crazy on that healing journey of knowing like, okay, I need to give myself at least four to six months to see how this, whatever kind of you're working on is going to work for your hormones and for your cycles. So many women will freak out. Oh, my last cycle was so bad. I'm like, you just started doing all this stuff, you know, like you've got to give it that time. I think where the pill comes in is that then we don't really have all those signs and signals, right? We're no longer making our own hormones. And if anything, we're adding this huge stressor. We're giving our body more work to do more hormones for your liver to process. It changes your gut bacteria. So you Mm. typically women will struggle with their digestion. It can impact your thyroid can, it can lead to insulin resistance in some women. Um, a lot of, I can't even tell you how many women, I'm sure you've seen this too, their gallbladder removed. I mean, it's just like estrogen and progesterone impact gall, gallstones a lot. Um, so I, I typically see if women were on the combined pill, that's got estradiol and progestin, they often end up getting their gallbladder removed at some point. So there's so many different ways that that pill is going to keep you from really seeing what is going on. It just kind of halts things, but it, like for some people, like that's what they need at that time in their life. And it's like, that's fine, mm. but just know what that does to your body. Like, I think what bothered me is that I just didn't know. And I felt like I, like, I just didn't have that informed consent with what it was actually doing to me. And that's what led to all that frustration down the road. I love that you mentioned that. Thank you. Because sometimes like knowledge is power. And I like to say knowledge is king you know, or queen, whatever you want to call it, that knowing things is really important because then that creates informed decisions because you can be informed. But without knowing anything about it, you know, you're a little bit lost in the dark. So if you are making changes around your cycle or your contraceptive choices, become informed, like get the knowledge. And sometimes that means working with someone like you, 
yeah, or working with a cycle coach or working with someone who knows about contraception and the different methods of contraception because, you know, everyone's body responds differently. Now, you mentioned that it is really about knowing that and some people do want to be on the pill still. So if someone is listening to this, I don't want to be Debbie Downer and be like coming across as like, okay, we're doing this podcast to help you join the mission of women around the world coming off the pill. Let's boycott the pill. That's not the purpose of the podcast. It's about education. So if someone is listening to this and they're like, hey, look, I'm on the pill and I would like to stay on the pill for the next six months or the next two years, whatever your choice is, I think there's some things we can do also to support those people, not just supporting ourselves in coming off the pill or being off the pill altogether. So how could we support ourselves if we were on the contraceptive pill and we're not ready to yet come off it? I just want to say one thing first, because I feel like Mm. you'll appreciate this. Um, I just think about, I think I heard Dr. Jolene Brighton say this, and she was talking about how outdated the pill is for contraception. And she's like, if the, if the pill came out now, like 2021, if the pill came out and it shut off our hormones, impacted our digestion, depleted nutrients in the body, we would be like, are you insane? I'm not taking this. So I just feel like keep that in mind, you know, like it, it does matter. I get it. We do deserve better for contraceptive options. I definitely believe that, but I I think a lot of this, it goes so much deeper, you know, not learning Mm -hmm. about our cycles as kids, um, young women. And so then all of a sudden you're older and you're like, I have so much going on. I can't learn about this right now. Like, and I can't have a kid. And, you know, so it, it just kind of, it takes that power away from you. But that, that thought just came to my mind of like, this is, I get it, but it's also like, if this did come out now, I don't think many people would take it. Oh my God. Um, Can we talk about that for a moment? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's such a great, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Thank you for like listening into your intuition on that message is that it's true. Like imagine if something was released today, would you still appreciate it or take action on it as much as regardless? And it could be anything really. Yeah. But I think that it's interesting that a lot of people that a lot of menstruators, I find forget that your body was designed and it's core goal. There's two goals of your body is to reproduce Like you're put on this planet as a female, a menstruating female to reproduce. And then your body's only other role aside from that is to keep you alive. So it's going to do anything to keep you alive and anything to help you keep reproducing. So it's like trying to like shove an annoying partner in a cupboard and lock them in the cupboard, not that you should do this, so that they stop annoying you. Eventually it's going to come out and they're going to be more annoying. Yeah. So how can we work with that? And I think it's just... I'm just going to plant the seed there. Just your body's designed to menstruate and it's designed to make babies. And so when you're trying to go against the natural life forces, shit's going to happen to your body. Mm -hmm. Different for everybody. And I think that when we can learn to embrace that, both males and females, so all genders, I think that makes a really big difference because I see in my practice, and let me know about yours too, I see a lot of heterosexual couples where the male's not always very fully supportive of the woman coming off the contraceptive pill. Now, this isn't all men. This is this is only just a, a portion of the population of heterosexual males, but they're not supportive. They're like, I don't want, and I've spoken to my partner about this. He's like, well, men don't want the responsibility. They want the carefree factor of sex because sex is just sex for them. Sex isn't like, oh my God, is my period going to be late? Oh my God, am I going to 
could I fall pregnant? Am I in my fertile phase? Like that's not in their forefront of their mind. And I think women are just trying to like have the same freedom in inverted brackets as what males have around that topic. That they're like, well, I don't have to think about it on the pill. And so it's a carefree topic now. But then we forget the body's designed to menstruate and then ovulate and then conceive and then produce and then grow a baby. Oh my God, I'm on a rant now. I'm sorry. I love <laughs> it. Like, I love it so much. But it just, it makes me so frustrated that we we just forget and I was once this person who forgot this and that's why I'm like preaching I know you're the quiet here with me like harping and along with me but (laughs) I think it's just really important to just bring it home that your body is designed to do this and if you do something the body's not designed to do it's not going to work properly it's like trying to use your iPhone to like be the remote for your TV like it's not your TV remote, it's your phone. <laughs> and I, I just think it the the whole way that I even got my, my husband would, he's like, he grew up with a single mom. He's very in tune with the female kind of cycle and stuff. Thank goodness. Um, I definitely was blessed with that. But I, I said, I remember I was so mad the day I found out that I couldn't get pregnant every day in my cycle. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I am taking what? a pill every single day. And I, and they terrify you growing up sex ed, you know, you're going to get pregnant if you have unprotected sex. Um, not that I'm, you know, advocating for that, but, uh, I was like, you could, you can get someone pregnant every single day, you know, men are fertile every day. So I just feel like they have to share some of that responsibility. Um, if not a good portion of it, cause it's like, yeah, they can't get pregnant, but they are the fertile ones that are fertile way more often than women are. And I can answer your question now. Sorry for that little side. No, 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 no. I, no, this is a great side note. And it's interesting. So men can literally contribute to conception 24 seven. It's just like ready, like at the drop of a hat, they could be ready. Whereas it's true. You know, even like when I teach in schools, a lot of younger girls think that, yeah, they can fall pregnant all the time. And Unfortunately, it's not the case. And especially with natural fertility methods as a natural fertility teacher, some women and menstruators can be fertile for a very long time in their cycle. And so then we need to look at, okay, well, why is your your fertile phase so long? Is that because your hormones are producing, but they're just not getting to the right heightened amount that's needed so that you do ovulate? Okay, so yes, you ovulate and yes, you menstruate, but let's refine that even more. Yeah, it's kind of like, hey, I have an amazing relationship. I don't argue with my partner. We get along really well, but we still go to relationship counseling because we want to be better. (laughs) Yeah, So it's the same approach just to your cycle. Um, So there's so many different ways you can look at that. But with contraception, I just want everyone to kind of allow themselves the pleasure of having a choice for your body. Yes. Yes. I think it's about that choice. Yes. And whatever choice you make, it's not final as in like, it's not like getting a tattoo where it's going to be there forever. Like, I know you can get tattoos removed now. There's a process to that too, but you know, you can change. Like if you want to be on the pill now, you can be on the pill. If you want to um, change that up and be on IUD, you can do that. If you want to go to natural um, fertility methods and using that kind of natural process, you can do that. And then all of a sudden, if you have a partner and then you're married and you've got kids, you don't even have to be married to have kids. And then you've had all your kids and then he's like, you know what? I want to get a vasectomy. I'm like, yes, you can take control of your version of contraception. Thank you. There's lots of choices and nothing is final. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just important to know the choices, know how they affect your body, your cycle, your long-term health. Cause I, I think that's the information that's lacking, but if someone's like, okay, this, I do the pill works for me. This is my chosen form of contraception. I, I would honestly just support your body the same exact way you would support it if you were coming off. So the main areas that I look at one is stress management. So you know, you are definitely going to be a little bit more sensitive to things. Cause remember you're not making your own hormones. So you're getting synthetic versions of things. And I just think of progesterone, like so protective anti-inflammatory helps protect the body from stress. You're getting a synthetic progestin most likely mm. and your contraceptives. So like stress is a big one. Um, I'm so big on adrenal cocktails. I'm sure you've seen me share about those. <laughs> um, it, it's like, it's just, it's the whole theme of resiliency, right? Instead of just trying to reduce your stress, eat enough food, eat frequently throughout the day, um, get enough sodium and potassium in through the, like, I, I love to use adrenal cocktails and like potassium rich whole food based carbs. Like that is a huge thing, no matter who you are, but if you are on the pill, I would say you need to make sure you're replenishing. And then the, mm. all those other nutrients like magnesium, vitamin A, B vitamins, vitamin C, zinc, selenium, you know, making sure that those things aren't getting too depleted. And I just use whole foods like organ meats are going to be the most nutrient dense source of the majority of those vitamins and minerals minus magnesium. I, that one, like, can you much give everyone. us some examples of organ meats? Like yeah. Like liver, kidney, liver, kidneys. Yeah. I would say liver is going to be the most nutrient dense one. And that's why it's like, whether you want to eat it, whether you want to take a dehydrated capsulated form, either way works, but I look at liver as like nature's multivitamin and it gives you things in balanced amounts. So I have a whole, um, like I a ton of posts and a podcast episode coming out on like supplements that push your minerals out of balance mm. and multivitamins are one of those typically because they have just a ton of vitamins and minerals in the synthetic form. And you don't really know if it's the amount that you need. Right. So, um, when we use things like beef liver that can like replace a multivitamin, uh, and then that can be really helpful. But I, I do think that all women on the pill should be getting uh, more vitamin C from mm -hmm. like a whole food form that's going to help keep their copper in check. So avoiding that super high copper level on your hair test. So whether you want to get like a vitamin C powder, like a camu camu powder or something like that, uh, but you don't want ascorbic acid this whole, this whole end of the podcast could be a whole episode. I'm just going <laughs> to warn you. I have a lot of resources on this and I can send some to you to put in the show notes. If you want basically ascorbic acid, it doesn't act like the whole food vitamin C, right? It's like just a shell of that whole food. So it can mess with your copper levels even more. Mm. Um, but like trying to replenish those nutrients that, you know, are getting depleted, like, which will probably require some supplementation while you're on the pill. And then when you're transitioning off, um, and then the last one, I think, supporting your liver, right? You're, you're taxing your liver. You're asking it to process more hormones. Um, and then if you are creating imbalances in iron and copper that a lot of those get stored in the liver. And so you just want to make sure you, I mean, getting moving, you know, supporting that lymphatic system with movement, walking, trying not to sit for long periods. Um, any sort of exercise is going to be great. And then if you like to do things like castor oil packs, I love those. Um, Me too. I have like a, yeah, they're just, they're so great. They're great for transitioning off the pill too, to support your liver. Um, 
And then eating enough protein. I feel like people don't realize that we, your liver requires a lot of amino acids. And so if you are not getting those in, it's going to be difficult for it to do its job. Mm, totally. And I think it's with food, it's really important to just tune into like, what is my body really asking for? Because we can get so sideswiped with like, oh, but it's this and it's that. And I just want to, something that came to mind whilst you were um, chatting then, Amanda, was when we go on the contraception or any form of hormonal contraception, we're kind of closing off, I guess, I'm trying to find the right words for this. We're kind of closing off the need for, um, I guess, focus and time that might be required with natural fertility. But that focus and time is then redirected whilst you're on hormonal contraception to the nutritional needs of the body and the other needs of the body to support the body whilst it has something somewhat synthetic or unnatural in the body. Because remember, it's like trying to feed your plant with Coke. Like the Coca-Cola or the Pepsi or whatever you want to call it is not going to ultimately feed the plant. So you have to keep giving it more nutrients whilst you're giving it Coke. So our body, if we've got something that's non-natural in it, like a hormonal something, the body then needs more and more support. This is just how I look at it anyway. I think yeah. it's quite simple. But just think about it. Like, Okay, if I'm doing this because I don't want to have to worry about it, you might have to have more time to focus on other things. So just consider mm-hmm. that in your choice too. Um, but I love that you mentioned about liver, stress management, even organ meats, vitamin C. I think everyone could do with more vitamin C and magnesium, oh, yeah. to be honest, like yeah. everybody. Um, I've loved this chat. I feel like we could just keep chatting because this is, I I'm know really, I'm really enjoying this, <laughs> but we are pretty much out of time. Um, is there anything in, fu- actually, yes, I do have a, a couple of little final questions. Where can people get a hair test? Because Oh, yeah. um, like a mineral hair test, because I'm like thinking, well, I want to try this myself. Like, how could I do this? So, cause if everyone's in Australia, the way, what you'd want to do, I can send you the email. I'll say it right now. So people can write it down if they want. Um, but I use a lab called trace elements and they have contracts with other hair testing labs in different countries. One of those is Australia. So they're not allowed to accept hair samples from Australia, but there is a lab there. So I have people that do my course and then they just order the test from there. In order to get that lab information, you just email the trace elements lab. I'll give you that email. It's T E I lab at trace elements.com and then say I lab at at trace Trace. elements. Okay. Awesome. And then you'd say, Hey, I want to order a hair test. Um, I'm in Australia, which lab do I order from? And then they'll send you the contact info to reach out to the lab to order just the test. Um, but yeah, th- you do need help interpreting a hair test because it's not just highs or lows, right? It's showing you inside the cell. So you mm-hmm. really want to understand like that stress response. That's what my master your minerals course teaches you how to do. Um, this is what I've done with clients for years. And I was finally just like, I need to make this into a course because it's such a big, it's such an easy tool to use. And it's something that you can use over and over again. Like say someone's on the pill and then they want to get off the pill and then maybe they want to conceive later and then they're postpartum. Like there's so many times in your life that I feel like are helpful. And that's kind of what we made with the course. Oh, I love this. I love this. Now, where can people find you and learn about this, this course that you do and everything else that you have to offer? 
Yeah. So I'm hormone healing RD on Instagram. My website's just hormonehealingrd.com. I have a highlight on my Instagram called minerals and I have a free training. If you want to nerd out, do the free training. Um, it's really fun. I did, it was a live training I did. So it's the replay and people ask such good questions. It's like, you can't beat, you know, those, those questions that kind of come up in people's minds when they're learning. Mm. Uh, so you can watch the free training. You can also access the course from my Instagram or on my website, whatever kind of format you want to do that in. But yeah. And then I do have a podcast. I always forget. I started this somewhat recently. Um, it's called, are you menstrual? And it's on iTunes, Spotify, and pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. Oh, I love that. Amazing. Thank you. I will be popping all of those things in the show notes so that people can find you. Um, I'm really excited to share this information because I feel like, and maybe you feel like this too, but I feel that this aspect of understanding nutritional deficiencies and imbalance in the body isn't really spoken about and not many people know about it. So now is the time to share. So I'm very excited. Um, Thank you so much. I have one final podcast question. I ask all of our guests this. We're switching gears um, a little bit. I want you to think back, Amanda, to your younger menstruating self. So when you got your period for the first time and what are three things that you wish you had have known then that you now know today? Oh, man. Hit me. So I, (laughs) I got my period when I was like 10. I was, it was insane. I didn't know what a period was. So that would have been nice to know. Um, I think just knowing that it's, it doesn't have to be terrible. I grew up with really painful periods. I would like throw up every cycle from cramps. And I thought that was normal, which makes me sad now. Mm. So knowing that painful periods are not normal, again, it's like a sign of communication. Also that your hormones fluctuate a lot when you're younger and it's, it's normal to have that. I, I think I just thought like my period like it was just going to be like that for the rest of my life, but it's like, that can happen when your frontal lobe is still developing in your younger years. Um, and that you can't get pregnant every day of your cycle. <laughs> I just wish I knew that at a much younger age. I think they're fantastic tips. Um, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I have loved this conversation and I feel like we could just keep talking, especially all about these ranty kind of topics that we've had. Um, I feel super blessed that you've joined us. So thank you so much. Um, is there anything in summary you'd like to share or say? Uh, I, I think the biggest like takeaway, even just after talking with you, that's even a good reminder for me is that sometimes I think we, we resort to things like hormonal birth control or just like taking a bunch of supplements and guessing because our society doesn't think that women can understand these things, right? You can't understand how to track your cycle and recognize your fertile window. You can't understand how to read a hair test or blood work or whatever the lab test is, but you can. So I think just know that you, there's a lot more ownership that you can take over your health than like society might want you to think. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that i think that's an amazing summary point so thank you again for being on the show i've absolutely loved it and feel really fortunate you spent this time with us thanks for having me thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the well women podcast i trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did if you got a lot out of it too please subscribe and leave a five-star review on itunes or your podcast app this means together we can inspire connect and educate even more women Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, 
share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 